Hello, my name is John Turner and I'm the Head of Distribution Systems, part of Smart Infrastructure at Siemens. And one of my passions is speaking to the talented members of our team and talking through their personal journeys into Siemens and more importantly, their journeys into engineering and technology. Everybody's journey is going to be undoubtedly different and through this mini podcast series, we'll explore how working in engineering and technology has changed and how now, more than ever, engineers and those working in the sector are the problem solvers who help technology to have impact. And today, in episode three of this series, we sit down with three of my team to talk about their experiences of working at Siemens and how they came to join the business, their perceptions of Siemens before they arrived on that first day, and who and what inspires them in their day-to-day working lives. So let's meet my team from the business. And we're joined today by Julie Pegg, who heads up strategy and business excellence, Tanaz Taleb, who is my head of tendering and proposals, and Vicky Worthington, who is a senior design engineer for our medium voltage products. Thanks so much for joining me today. So let's start by sharing a little bit about your roles and what a normal day standing in your shoes looks like. Vicky, over to you. Hi, John. Lovely to be here. Thanks for uh, inviting me along to this session. I'm a senior design engineer in the engineering team for medium voltage products. We do uh, protection designs for electrical distribution, switchgear, ranging from 3.3 kV to 36 kV. Brilliant. And Julie? Hi, John. I'm Head of Quality, Business Excellence, and I also get involved with strategy. So, uh, jack of all trades, really, my job. And it's great because I get to work across the whole of DS with everybody. I've been with Themas now for over 20 years and no single day is ever the same. Great. And finally, Tanaz. Hi, everyone. My name is Tanaz Taleb. I'm Head of Tendering and Proposals. I look after a team of eight people and we provide quotes for LV, MV, Future Grid and Service. Great stuff. So we'll take the conversation today into a few chunks and we'll start right at the beginning, which is your early career, basically your entry into Siemens. So if I can post this to Julie, first of all, how did you find yourself at Siemens? And, And if you think back, what made you think, yeah, Siemens is the company for me? My early career started off actually with Shell um, and I was training to be an accountant and it was clear four years in that I just didn't want to pursue that route at all. Um, I didn't sort of like the figures side of the business. I much preferred to work with people. So the opportunity uh, arose for me to join Siemens in the HR team, started as HR assistant and uh, from day one just absolutely loved the role, a complete change of career. I was fortunate enough to be sponsored by Siemens pretty early on in my career within the first year or two and uh, I attended Salford University for three years to uh, obtain my chartered qualification CIPD, Chartered Institute of Personnel and Development. Um, And from that point, really, my career just took off, I guess. Um, It really was propelled when my manager at the time went on maternity leave and the uh, deputy HR manager due to come in couldn't take over the maternity cover and I was asked would I do it and I was only sort of a few years into the role um, took a massive gulp and you know (laughs) 
sort of really uh, really a bit apprehensive about that but you know that the feedback was you know you can do it you know go for it push yourself and everything so so I did I, I went for it and I covered her maternity leave for a year and that was a turning point I think then in, in my career from that point I never looked back I'd got the experience that the confidence um, and, and it just went from strength to strength really from there. Great and so many people I speak to Julie you know do talk about those moments in your career where <laughs> It doesn't feel like the right path and you do yeah. sometimes brave make the leap into doing something else so you know, it's great that it's it's worked out for you at Siemens and uh, what about you Tanaz what about your journey into Siemens initially? Well I'd finished uh, my business IT management degree and I was temping around a few different companies and my friend was working for our service business at the time and mentioned there was an admin role going within the business we work I'm working in at the moment. I applied and I started off as admin and luckily I had a great manager who saw the potential in me. So he sent me back into education on a day release. I was doing one day a week at Trafford College, did an ONC there in electrical and electronic engineering and the rest I was trained up on the job. So I went from being admin to assistant tendering engineer to tendering engineer, senior tendering engineer, and now where I am now. Ahead yeah, what of- a pathway. What a great pathway then, yeah. You know, yeah. that's uh, quite a journey. And and Vicky, was your journey different than uh, than the other two? Well, I suppose quite quite similar to Tanazi's really. Um, I work for one of our partner companies who build top boxes. I worked there since I was, well, since I left school, really. Uh, I, I moved over into to the DS business uh, to work on uh, CAD. Again, like Tanazi's manager, mine saw potential in me. Sent me off to college at the grand old age of 30 with two small kids uh, on, on day release. Uh, it was tough, but uh, 10 years later, I suppose a bit like Tanaz, I'm a senior engineer now within the DS business, which I might add I'm fiercely proud of. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, I tell you what resonates from all of you is that you all seem to have had a strong mentor of some description, be it a line manager or someone recognised your abilities and really sponsored you to to progress on through the organisation. And again, so many people I speak to um, are grateful uh, for doing that. But you've got to demonstrate something to uh, to warrant that in the first place. So uh, lovely to hear of your 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 early entry into uh, into Siemens. But if I can just sort of focus on on Vicky and Tanaz's journey so far, which very much is around engineering as a career path and if I take you back to school with the subjects that you took now you know specific to an engineering um pathway or or, or, or completely different well uh GCSE I did the standard subjects there wasn't that much to choose at the time when I was studying um the technologies I ended up being pushed by my parents actually not to go technology at the time even though I was keen on doing it in a way I got the opportunity to go the more technology route once I joined Siemens without the influence of my parents at the young age. Okay, Vicky, I guess a really interesting point by Tanaz around that kind of friends and family uh, response or or impact. What about yourself? What was your family and friends response to you travelling down an engineering route? Um, I suppose I come from a family of female influence, Um, sister, mother at home. My sister's an electrician. I'm an engineer. I don't know how we both ended up on male-orientated paths, but uh, we did. We, I suppose, bumbled through life and 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 have come out in in the paths that we've come out in. 
Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, at 16, I never set out to become an engineer. I've never had a pathway like that. Um, I, I didn't do well at school. School wasn't for me. I weren't uh, an educational kind of person. As I said before, I was 30 when I got my engineering qualification. So it, it took me a while to get to where I am. So it's not, I don't think it was something that... Um, was for a, from a young age with me with school and, and things like that I mean I've always liked maths maths is good it's right it's wrong there's no gray areas there's no opinions <laughs> it's right or wrong yeah. I, I like that kind of thing and again Vicky it's, re it's really interesting from the people I speak to that whose education is in different phases so some are brilliant at GCSE level yeah some are A level some are BTEC some are uh, university some in in later life and it's just that it just proves that there's not a one size fits all to yeah. to everyone's pathway. So uh, it's great that you've uh, navigated yours to where you are today. And if I can take you all, if I'll probably ask Julie first, yeah, who was first at uh, another big blue chip company and then into Siemens. What was your first impressions of the company? I'd driven past Siemens on the Princess Parkway in Manchester for so many years, all my life really. And the first impression was, I'm actually in, I've, I've got inside the building <laughs> now. Um, I was very impressed, I was very excited to start. You know, that's not really worn off, I guess, so over the years because it constantly changes. You know, my, my job's constantly changed in terms of the challenges that I have. So it keeps it fresh and it, it keeps you just interested and engaged. And what about you, Vicky, then? Did you have a, a kind of view of what engineering or that route might look like? <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, did you? Um, yes, very much so. Um, I put Siemens on this pedestal of greatness like the genius <laughs> engineers that work at Siemens it, it, I can't tell you how daunting it was to to walk into that room full of I suppose at the time middle-aged men yeah. uh, and they were all middle-aged men apart from obviously Tinaz sat in the corner yeah. um but it, it, I, I'd put I I'm, I'm not saying they put themselves there I'd put them I'd built them up to be this almost like untouchable group of geniuses um that I honestly never thought that somebody like myself, I come from, you know, a, a, a poor area, a council house. I never saw myself um, fitting in with this group of well-educated, um, almost middle-class men. It was such a daunting experience and it, it took a while. But to break that pedestal that I'd put them on, to break that barrier down and to become one of the team, you know, it took a fair few months to, for me to feel comfortable in their presence because of, of how, how much I built them up in my mind. As the months sort of grew on, I mean, I've been there 12 years now. I'm, I'm part of the fi fixtures and fittings, but as the sort of years grew on, I've, I've, I've become, I've come to realise that they're just a normal bunch of people going into work every day, doing the best, and succeeding. Uh, it's a great story, and and I guess my just to ask you, or maybe one of the others, just around. You know, we, I'm a big advocate of making Siemens attractive to everybody, irrelevant of background, irrelevant of you know your your social status, and some of the other uh, sort of factors that we uh, we categorise people. Do you think there's an, an off-putting element to that? Do you think people are, that is a genuine perception out there, and some people aren't applying here because of that view? And what are the challenges that we face to try and overcome that? My experience is that. I mean, I'm not saying it's it's because of me, don't get me wrong, but I feel like since I joined the organisation and broke that mould of middle-aged, middle-class men, um, our engineering team has since then become a lot more diverse, 
a lot more. Um, just adding younger people into the team. Um, I think putting me through college and putting that trust into somebody um, and that person succeeding gave the team and the managers confidence that they could do that again and again. Um, and since they, they did that with me on the Mature Graduate Programme, I think we've had three or four other people come through that same sort of route that I did. We've got young apprentices in the team. And I think previous to that, it was very same, samey. Yeah, and that's uh, I think you've, you've nailed it there, Vicky, in terms of we need more and more examples, don't we, of people that have... Uh, have succeeded that aren't the stereotype exactly the kind of, yeah the, exactly the fixed genre and you know if we can get more of those then we can we can tell stories can't we around how it's worked for for each individual and each individual their uh, background and journey so that's a it's a really good point and looking in our team now there are so many different walks of life it's really amazing to see and it does make a massive difference as well because if everybody comes in following that same route everybody has got the same sort of formed opinions um but once you get a bit more diversity in there and seeing different opinions and different approaches um, because not everybody who is academically brilliant makes a makes a good engineer some people are not academically brilliant but they come up with such fantastic ideas and they can't get it down on paper um but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be judged by what you can get down on paper and, and bringing those people in and not having that strict rule of engagement of how you get there makes such um, a, a, such a difference to our team. You're in Siemens now. You've you've done your initial induction. You've gone through all that that awkwardness of finding where all the where the coffee machine is, etc. Can you sort of give us a flavour and probably pose this at Julie first of all? You know, think about when you first joined and where you are now. How is Siemens different today than it was when you first came into the business? I've been here over 20 years, so it's massively different now. The pace in which you work is a lot faster, quicker to react. I know I know we think of ourselves still as too slow and, and maybe in some cases we are, but it's it's certainly a lot faster than it was when I first started, just due to the technology that's available now. Yeah. And I think the diversity of topics that we get involved with, um, the diversity of our products or solutions, you know, things could stay the same maybe for for years um, if, if we go back 20 years ago without too much change, whereas now change is just the norm. Nothing stands still anymore and you, you've got to be up for that challenge and constantly moving on to the next thing and, and, and managing priorities, managing your time. It's, it's quite a bit more hectic, I guess, than it was uh, years ago. So that for me is, is the, the major change that I've uh, witnessed. Yeah, brilliant. And and then I guess you know, you've articulated, Julie, perfectly the amount of change in such a short space of time, realistically, in terms of your career path. So Tanaz, if we start to look forward now, what do you think are still some of the challenges that Siemens faces as an organisation to an opportunity still to be better than where we are today? I think our challenges are to be able to produce um, what we're producing faster. Demand is through the roof and we need to be able to respond quickly to customers' needs and still deliver that quality that they expect from Siemens. Yeah, great. Thank you. And then, Vicky, I guess um, if I just ask about um, sort of you've probably been uh, led or managed by um, a variety of people in your time in Siemens. What makes a good leader um, and what sort of sort of behaviours and attitudes do you 
expect from a leader and where you respond best? Mm, very good question. My immediate leader has been the same fellow for the last 12 years. Um, and he shows a, a lot of extremely good characteristics. What I, what I see in a leader um, is approachable, full of empathy, leads by example. And that's a massive one for me. Um, I see him as a man who people want to follow. You've made it as a leader if people want to be on your team. Uh, people who are interested in the team, interested in, in me as a person, not just, you know, what I bring daily. You know, how are the kids? How are the dogs? How's your yeah. husband? You know, that kind of interest in people. What I like there is the categorisation from from kids to dogs to husband at the last one there. <laughs> <laughs> Always an afterthought. Always an afterthought. The poor thing. Julie, if I can ask you sort of similar from a different perspective, a different kind of experience of leadership in Siemens, what sort of behaviours or attitudes do you respond to? I think someone who's genuine, absolutely genuine to the core. Um, and as Vicky said, caring as well. It takes an interest on a personal level because we're not robots. Uh, we do have lives. We do have challenges outside of work. So it's just nice for somebody to you know, take interest in, in what else is going on in your life. Um, and, and someone who's supportive, but knows when to delegate, but also knows when to get involved as well. Um, so not, not micromanaging over everything, but if escalation is required, you know, that they're there to support. So those would be the key things for me. Thanks, Julie. So so we'll just move into a topic now around, which is, impo- again, important to me, but definitely important to, to Siemens now and into the future, particularly in that sort of space around attracting people, attracting the future talent. And that's around diversity and inclusion uh, and the future of our workplace so that we can get the best people to to support the future of this business. And and there are many organisations out there who recognise the importance of having a diverse and inclusive workforce. It helps our company shape solutions and tackle real world challenges, which reflect our global community outside the workplace. Um, So I wanted to touch on the topic of of growth mindset, something that you've all heard me talk about and um, you've probably been involved in some sessions in in, in Siemens on this topic. And, And Julie, if I can start with you, do you see any examples today of growth mindset in our business? And how do teams practice growth mindset? What advice would you give? Yeah, I do see examples and the role that I'm in, quality, business excellence, you know, I work across the business and I see pockets of excellence from everybody. So I do see, um, you know, bits of growth minds that I think we've still got a way to go. And that's part of my role to try and encourage that more within the the business. Um, you know, there's some fantastic ideas um, and some of the improvement projects that I'm involved with and some of the passion and the enthusiasm that, that people have and, and they want to, you know, get involved with these things. Um, again, with time, I would hope this becomes just part of the day job. I still maybe think at the moment we're oh, in addition to the day job or it's something else that I have to factor in or make time for. The utopia would would be we just get on with it and we just do it and we just own yeah. it. We just it's you just, know it just, just happens, normal, isn't it? I guess the flip to that and it's maybe a leadership's encouraged it or individuals have it embedded is is a fixed mindset mm-hmm. um, where no new ideas. It's just what we do. And I guess a question for Vicky, how good are we at treating new ideas and Siemens and innovation, both in terms of process and other topics? Um, I think we're 
really good at it. Um, I would never, ever feel um, that I couldn't express an opinion on what I thought, things that we could make better. And I would encourage any of my peers in the engineering team to also do that. I think we are really good at embracing um, new ways of doing things. Um, we're quick to change, but, you know, which... Um, for me, right, let's change it. Let's try it. Let's try it. If it doesn't work, we'll just revert back. If it does work, happy days, let's crack on. That yeah. that kind of attitude, um, or I suppose Siemens allowing me to have that attitude to try new things, to to make changes and, you know, not criticise if they do fail, that, right, yeah, that, great. It worked, brilliant, move on. It didn't work, right. Should we can it now or should we try it a different way? Um, I think that Siemens allows us to make those opportunities. Brilliant. It's a great answer, Vicky. And I think it leads me nicely into, into another thought I've got, which is around, you know, if we are going to be wider thinking and then have that growth mindset and not be fixed, you know, we, we need great, we need as much representation as possible. Yes, we're on a journey to be a more representative and diverse business or a diverse Siemens. Do you think we're there yet? Tanaz, can I ask you, do you think we are you think Siemens is, is as diverse and inclusive as it can be? I think we've done a great job over the past few years. I mean, when I first joined back in 2004, it wasn't very diverse. Um, there wasn't a lot of females within the business and we were mostly in admin roles and there wasn't culturally diverse either. Today, you look at our business, we've got diversity of gender, age, culture. I think we've we've come a long way over the past few years and I think yeah we can always do more couldn't we you know yeah. we, there's always the opportunity to have more diversity but I think we're doing a great job and Vicky do you have a view yeah I mean I suppose a bit like Tanaz I think it'll 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 be uh never ending that's not it, it's something that will will grow with time isn't it um I don't think you could ever say, right, that's enough. We're diverse enough. <laughs> it's, it, it's not something that's um, measurable with an end target, I don't see. I see it as, yeah, like Tanaz says, we've come a long way. Like I said, I walked into a group of middle-aged men um, and that and, and that was what it were. I mean, we used to laughingly call them the over Well, I'm saying we laughingly call them. There was probably only me calling them that. But, you know, the over 45ers. That was like, what well, you know, yeah. how they were affectionately known as. So um, in, in terms of how far we've come we've we've come leaps and bounds but i don't think you can put um a target on you know when enough is enough it, things just evolve don't they so i guess one of the other big topics is the sustainability and decarbonization agenda again we have an obligation to help our customers on that pathway tanaz do you see a desire in the customer conversations that you've had to to decarbonize and to seek help from organizations like siemens yeah, we're seeing it a lot from our customers recently. And um, we've got the net zero pledge from the government contracts. You know, they're looking to achieve net zero carbon emissions by 2050. You're speaking to a lot of our customers. They're looking at what we can provide as an alternative to basically keep them going. And it will save them money in the long run because they don't have to replace the equipment that they're buying. Because in the next few years products that we supply should last them, you know, a good 30, 40 years. Thinking about it now, thinking about the future, the customers are talking to us and looking at what we can offer and what wet routes they can take to be more sustainable and focus on decarbonisation. 
and then that leads me to my final questions. So uh, I'll start, Julie, with yourself, if I could. You know, what would you say to a young person now looking for a job in your particular field? I would say, actually, just go for it. In in terms of my field, I, I guess my field spans across quite a number of <laughs> functions, really. Um, it, it's about four in one. My particular field, it's really enjoyable. You get to work with people, you get to work with processes, you get to work with tools. You know, if, if you want that variety, if you want that challenge, yeah, definitely go for it. And then if I can ask Julie, if you could take yourself back to 16-year-old Julie, what big piece of advice would you give to yourself? Yeah, at 16, I didn't have a clue what I wanted to do as, as a career, and even at 18. And that's how I, you know, stumbled into training to be an accountant. It was a good, solid job, you know, with a with a reputable company. I didn't really think about what it entailed um, at the time, just, just went for it. So it, it really is to, to make the most of the research resources that are available now. I know there's lots of great careers advices and open days, and I know they're all online, a lot of them at the moment. But even so, you know, tap into it, start to shape um, and get an idea of what you might want to do and then try and get some exposure. Definitely get that work experience placement because I think it will, you know, either incentivize you even more to, to you know, to, to, to follow that career or completely you know put you off and think oh that that's not for me um you know I'll, I'll try something else so it's it's crucial just do your research find out as much as you can um and then you know as i said previously you just just go for it just do your best to to get there and to now's looking back and coaching your 16 year old self what good piece of advice would you give yourself in terms of your career path i would have ignored my mother <laughs> <laughs> and done what i felt like i was best at which was more the technology route. And I would have just focused on doing what I enjoy doing and what I'm good at doing and not listen to anybody else and not be influenced by anybody else. Vicky, what great piece of advice would you give yourself if you had the chance? Mine would definitely be to believe in yourself. I've always suffered with uh, confidence issues. I never think that I'm good enough at what I do. I always think everybody else is better than I am. So that would probably be the biggest piece of advice I could give myself that, you know what, you don't have to know everything. You don't need to be at the very, very top of your field to be successful. You know, be confident um, and be honest and you'll make it. Copyright Siemens. Siemens. Ingenuity for life.